Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I gotta tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive this special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $25, get $50 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big, and win bigger. Let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast. Thanks for popping on today for Howie Long. Howie, Chris, and Macon are going to run through the NFL. What's going on? Where's Derek Carr going to go? Will Sean Payton and Sean McVay be coaching in the NFL next year? Super Bowl predictions, MVP awards, and Howie gives his roses to J.J. Watt. Howie also guesses the betting lines for each one of his playoff games. And as you can imagine, each one of those playoff games brings up a couple memories. Stories you don't want to miss. Maybe a Patriots tunnel brawl, maybe Howie's first apartment when he was with the Raiders. A couple good nuggets in there. To start things off, we hear a little bit more about the bowling event that went on earlier this week. We get a couple surprise Mac Jones trade destinations. And we give it our favorite YouTube comment brought to you by Kyle Long. Y'all, please enjoy today's show. We will be live streaming this weekend. Much love. Racine, Wisconsin. Hello! Why? Why not? We're, we're right in the middle there of Milwaukee and Chicago on Lake Michigan. Maybe they should play the AFC Championship there. Yeah. Seems more geographically agreeable than Jones, Insert yeah. Dome Stadium here. Mercedes-Benz Dome. It was oh. always... It was always going to be indoors. Come on. Better than Detroit, no offense. Yeah, probably you know, better than Detroit. The lighting in Detroit is tough. Make, you know, it's, Atlanta early is, the, it's early in the pod for that. Atlanta, I'm sorry. <laughs> Guy's stomach hurts. Can't do anything about it. Literally strapped into a chair here. Yeah. I'm sorry. Apology uh, accepted. Atlanta is, is farther west than Detroit. Yeah. So closer to Kansas City. Isn't that something? It is Isn't something. Isn't that something? It is something. Favorite YouTube comment of the week. It's a new feature. It's not a segment. Feature. Yeah, it's I a like feature, feature of the show. Uh, our YouTube is uh, it's growing. Our YouTube presence is growing. Much to Macon's chagrin. Well, no. I... It was supposed to be a podcast, and then it turned into a TV show. I kind of get it. Yeah, but... Because the other day, Reed sent me a social, and I looked like a fucking corpse. The thing I didn't take into account is, like, the older we get, and the better we get at this, we're going to have nicer equipment, Mm -hmm. and we're going to be aging, Mm -hmm. and the cameras get more, like, you know? I think the thumbnails of you guys are electric. 
Yeah. Well, thanks. Some I, of the lighting issues we've had. Upstairs, we looked pretty vibrant. Yeah. And downstairs, less so. We're, yeah. We're, we're still workshopping some things. But no, as you can tell, I've morphed into wearing a, a mask. The the Dahmer glasses. Yep, yep, the, yep, the yep, bigger, yep. The hats just get bigger. Yep. So I hear you loud and clear. So anyways, we're on YouTube. It's like a TV show. And honestly, it's funny because like somebody on Twitter said the other day, he's like, I prefer watching on YouTube um, because I could see Kyle shoot you a look or you shoot Kyle look or, you know, Macon's face or whatever. And yeah, I get that. So hop on over to, you know, uh, youtube.com and type in green light podcast and subscribe. But we're going to be giving out, um, the YouTube comment of the week. Uh, this week it is, uh, I'll find the guy as I talk about it. But the other day Kyle was in here and, uh, he was kind of, he had pulled a piece of the material the the metal so we have these big telescopic arms and if you're on youtube you can see yeah they're, yeah they're like mic microphones but they're like three foot long uh you know swiveling arms and there's these uh these metal pieces that you can pop off that are about uh, i'd say about nine inches long and um kyle's using one as a toothpick he really put this in his mouth it was in his mouth he was just chewing on it so somebody on YouTube. And it was Mike Ohl. Yes. At 22:44, Kyle proceeds to take a piece of the mic and maybe eat it. <laughs> <laughs> the image was also used in the thumbnail. See, that's so. the stuff you can't get on the podcast. So check out YouTube.com. So shout out to Mike Ohl. Mike Ohl, U L L. Oh, nice, Michael. So his name is Michael Ohl. Yeah, it's no, it's just Michael. Mike. I think he's Ohl. doing a play on yeah. words. I think. I thought that was funny. That was pretty. That was that was good. You picked that up because I think sometimes when I'm hanging out with Kyle, he's kind of like a wild animal. There's only so long that he can he can like behave like a human. Mm -hmm. And I think at that point in the podcast, he had been here like two hours, mm -hmm. and it was time to leave. He should just start eating the things on the set. Yeah, yeah. You it's know, like a sign that the bear is agitated. Hey, I've got a grievance to air. <laughs> yeah, sure. So. um Especially of late, I think it's been really good that um, I, I, I can only speak for myself. I can lock in and just talk to you and forget about the podcast yes. for, for a little while. Yep. And I feel like that's where we get better and more entertaining, not yep. thinking about the words coming out. But I just got this sense of, of dread um, that we got a big show because Big Howie's coming on. Howie Long? And then, you know, like anybody else, Big Howie's not going to be able to not listen to this episode. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the words coming out of my mouth They're right go into now, his ear. and he is my podcast. He's your pod conscience. He's my pod conscience. Yeah. And so this is tough. Yeah. It, it's it's um, pressure-packed scenario. I want to sound smart and yep. funny. We'll get I guess there. I sounded smart on the last one. Yeah, we'll get there. If y'all hadn't heard that, you know, the last 15 minutes or so, the AP US History uh, <laughs> contest we had on the last show, if y'all are interested in that. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You too. I actually took a dive. Did you? I knew it was Texas. Yeah. I just didn't want you to go to the Super Bowl. I just figured that would be a lot of a lot of begging and pleading and then begging and pleading. Yeah. Um Speak. well all I did was reserve the right to not go. I didn't it wasn't Oh, so uh, you're not out. Yeah, I'm not out. All right. Hey, Bonnaroo lineup came out the other day. Any oh. chance? No. Okay. Lower chance in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Music, I'll do uh, I'll do a double layup line today. That's great. We'll go uh, we'll go Clementine first.
Live in Portland. That's a Grateful Dead song. Beautiful. Uh, not to be confused with Tangerine, the Led Zeppelin song. <laughs> I made for, that mistake. Freudian slip earlier. But um, and a bowl at one point. There's if anybody's wondering, bowl. if anybody's wondering, Clementine's much superior fruit to uh, Tangerine. I don't know that I've had a Tangerine. Yeah. So, What's the big deal? Tangerine's stuck in the middle. What's the new set decoration, especially for the people on YouTube? I saw you brought in some artwork. Today. Yeah, my kid did a stencil of a horse and uh, wrote Chris and Dada at the top. Really one word. It's more of a Chris Dada. Chris Dada. Yeah. So like anyways, a centerpiece for the... And then the other one I was going to do was, uh, I think it was uh, Dust in the Baggy. What you were playing earlier? Yeah, yeah, yeah Billy strings. strings, the String Man, String Man, who I won't be able to see because I'll be in Africa doing Kilimanjaro, right. and he's coming to John Paul Jones Arena. Two nights. Oh fuck me, Reed. Mm. You know I'm gonna see Kenny Chesney at John Paul Jones Arena. Are March you really? Twenty third. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Might go. Little dicey because it's a it's a Sweet Sixteen Thursday. Mm-hmm. You know, if the Who's are in the Big Apple or something, that's that's a that's tough. That's a what would you choose? I don't even. That's wanna. a tough decision for you. Be, this sounds awful. Be, you would show up in one of those house divided shirts. I, if if I oh, this sounds so entitled, but since we hung the banner, you know, oh. might <laughs> can hold out for a final four. I'm talking about actually going. If yeah, they were yeah. playing, I would have to watch. Yeah, the you got to watch at the very least. Um, no shoes nation on one side. Mm-hmm. And you know, and fucking a, um, a saber on the yeah, other, a majestic map jersey, yeah, on the <laughs> yeah. other, yeah. All right, um, can you uh, can we retire the Stetson picture since we yeah, retired things? Stetson, that we can put him in the rafters? yeah, he's got to join the we can still see him, it's just bothering me a little bit, yeah. We had we, this uh, picture of Stetson Bennett behind uh, behind the set because Macon thinks he's hot, well, and uh, he's won that two national championships now, and now he's got to enter the workforce, yeah. Um, at 26 years old or whatever yeah, yeah, he yeah. is. He's so Pete Carroll. That's layup line. Uh, there is some stuff going on in the NFL. Mike LaFleur has been fired. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Mike. Yeah, yeah I got you. guy in New York. I yeah, just yeah. want to make sure everybody, you know, nobody spits mm-hmm. out their drink at home. I don't know what this says. Does it say they want a fresh start for Zach Wilson? There's been kind of rumblings that uh, Zach Wilson is going to get a clean slate next year and they're going to give it one more try. Uh, does it mean that they're going to you know, clear a path for, a I don't know, a Nathaniel Hackett to lure Rodgers to New York? Like, if you're getting a veteran quarterback, I feel like we're entering the era when like players can dictate who the coaches are. Yes. Not like in the NBA, but you can say, hey, if you're a good enough quarterback, like this is my guy. And I'm not going to New York without him. It could be a play for Lamar, an offense that fits him better. But I think when you look at their offense this year, no matter who played quarterback, they struggled. And that was a sign to me like there's a lot of Mike White hype and all that, but uh, they just weren't that good no matter who was under center. So I'm not surprised that he's fired. Although I didn't hear a lot of chatter about this leading up to, to his firing. No, it makes me think they have a target, like what you were saying, like targeting an OC that can bring in a coordinator or that can bring in a QB. Um, well, yeah, a great defense. They do. You don't want to waste that. They, what were they? Seven and two, six and two, something like that. They were good. Feels like a long time ago. Would they be interested in Derek Carr? You think? Would they be interested in Derek Carr? I would think so. I, I, I don't know, man. Like if I was the GM, if I was Joe Douglas, I don't know if I'd do that. 
You know, um, it kind of depends on what the options are. If it's Aaron Rodgers or, or Derek Carr, it's Aaron Rodgers. If it's Lamar Jackson or Derek Carr, it's probably Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I do think Derek Carr could be a decent mentor to Zach Wilson. He seems like a stand-up dude. He could be, but if you're mentoring him, like another year passes, he's almost done with his rookie deal, right. and you know the time is now. Then you can make a decision on him. Mm-hmm. But um, you a bit more info. You can yeah. Derek if might you, just walk himself out the building. No, right. yeah, yeah. If you mood. were if you were Derek Carr, you'd be interested in the Jets because. Uh, Derek's first season, 2014 with the Raiders, they have never ranked higher uh, defensively yep. than the bottom three in the yep. league. And I always thought Derek Carr got a little bit too much hate. Like, he definitely is this polarizing figure. Um, but you can't ignore the production. You can't. And uh, your point is very valid. So it'd be interesting to see him in a place that's got a, a defense that's set up for him. They can let him sit for more than a yeah. couple minutes. Yeah, he wouldn't have Devontae Adams. He right. wouldn't have Darren Waller. Garrett Wilson uh, but you and Brees Hall is not Ger- bad. Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. So other news out of the AFC East, if you call it news, I think it's more of a rumor at this point. I don't even know if it's substantiated. But Mac Jones, Mac Jones. Has, has asked for a trade. Um now, although, and I said this on the Eisen show, I hope people, when they listen at home, like know that I'm kind of being hyperbolic sometimes and fucking around, but I, I called him an irredeemably dirty player. Um, he is a dirty player, but I was kind of being extreme. Uh, I still like Mac Jones, the quarterback. I think Mac Jones, the quarterback, deserves another shot, whether it's in New England or somewhere else. Um, and it sounds like he wants to be traded, and I understand it. I do. Like the whole fan base wanted Bailey Zappi. Um, they they legitimate rookie year. You light it up. You you, you lead the team to the doorsteps of the playoffs. Um, of course you get you get yeah you get run out of the building in the playoffs. But um, it's not like he throws to a lot of great weapons. I said this New England. They're so good at just you know, flying under the radar at the skill positions and, and, and making decisions that, that they have to make and, and not overextending themselves that you kind of forget that there's not a lot of talent there. Like Devontae Parker, um, Jacoby Myers, the couple tight ends who haven't been as productive as Thornton, their paychecks. Thornton, yeah, Thornton. I mean, like, where would you rank that that cupboard for a for a starting quarterback? I mean, the bottom third of the league yeah, for well, sure. Yep. So, I, like for Mac Jones, I think it's justified to say, like, listen, like the fan base doesn't like me. They like the other kid that that you know lost to the Packers in a close ball game, scored twenty four points or whatever it was. Um, you set me up with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. We've talked about this endlessly. I think he's justified in asking for a trade. Here's the fucked up thing about Mac Jones. Mac Jones could have been a 49er. You know, imagine they opted for him two years ago in the draft instead of Trey Lance. They might be better off. He might be better. He'd definitely be better off. He would. And, you know, it's tantalizingly close for him. Um, and so I think that, you know, if you're Mac Jones, wanting to be traded is is not – it's not a an asshole request. If you're Josh McDaniels, do you want to maybe reunite and trade for him? I don't know. If you're a team, generally, is there enough Mac Jones tape that makes you feel good about 
spending resources on Mac Jones as opposed to taking a flyer on a on a rookie or yeah. or the free agent market. Well, I mean, to me, there's going to be some teams that are in the middle that can't spend draft capital on a, a rookie quarterback, and as we know, that that class is not that deep. And then there's going to be you know a little bit of uh, musical chairs with Tom Brady, with Aaron Rodgers, possibly with Lamar. But say somebody stays put, say Lamar stays put, say Rodgers stays put. There's going to be teams that are going to want a veteran quarterback, and although he's only in his second year as we speak now, he'll be in his third year. Um, I feel like I feel like he's a little bit less of a known commodity. So you're betting on somebody who's not, you know, a known commodity like say a Derek Carr. Like I know who Derek Carr is. The good things I know, the bad things I know too. I don't know what Mac Jones' ceiling is. Was it his rookie year? I don't know. I don't necessarily think so. But if you're like a Tennessee, maybe instead of Tannehill, Willis, Dobbs, Mac Jones. Yes. More of a shirt. Thing. Yes. If you're Seattle, maybe we don't try to catch lightning in a bottle a second time with Geno. More of a Mac Jones. Uh, if if you're Seattle, Geno and Mac Jones, to me, it's kind of a Synonymous. wash. Synonymous. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like you already have the you, a, a year of chemistry with with DK, with Lockett, with those guys. Like the momentum, um, the 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 kind of year he had. You'd have to unseat him for an unknown commodity with a really high ceiling or a veteran quarterback who's just playing better. What about Baker in year whatever it is in L.A. or Mac Jones? Mac Jones. Okay. I think that that would be something that Sean McVay might think twice about retiring. If he could you think have, Mac Jones would keep him out of the booth? Well, as someone yeah. to have those quick yeah. passes and he can kind of do – you know, a, l- a little more fun offense. You were talking the, the other day, like uh, how he was like Jared Goff kind of held me back a little bit. Yeah. I think he's seen that Baker might not be able to get him where it, he needs to go. You know, again back. That to was fun goal. for a couple of weeks. Yeah, jumping out of the gym for Baker and he turns LA. around on a plane and wins. And yep. that was three fun. covers. You got Nickelodeon slimed. If the Patriots were to trade Mac, do you think they would get more than Baker. what they spent on him, the first round fifteenth pick? It's no. a good question. I think it's less. I think they get less. I think I need to watch a Mac Jones highlight tape because it feels like a long time ago. Yeah, but you know, th- there's moments, you know, like, and I can only judge a player on the context they're in. And this is objectively not a, you know, a high powered or fine tuned offense. You know, I think most people would agree there are much better schemes to be in and there are much better uh, wide receiver cores. And you know skill skill position options for a quarterback than what he's had in New England. So for that reason, I would buy low. And he was confident enough to cuss out Coach Patricia on multiple times, on yep. multiple occasions. Yep. yep. Hey, can I talk to you about bowling for a second? Sure. Yeah. You, yeah. You were good enough to remark the other day. I wasn't here uh, that uh, both we went. Uh, we didn't wear the bowling shoes. Yep. Um, and and that I. I won, and you know, Chris would be the first to tell you that I won. Oh uh, yeah, I think I was. Yeah, I. You know, <laughs> that night did a lot for me. Yeah, I'm I'm celebrating the new year on Dr. King's Day on Monday, the 16th. Yeah, I just needed a couple weeks to to get into gear. Okay, good to but know. I'm going to look back on that night for a long time. Yep. Uh, first of all, I thought a couple cats, I thought Tom and Roe were, were crushing it. Yeah. I didn't they, think I had a shot. I didn't think you did either. But I finished, Cowboy, about spare, 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 nine spare strikes, something like that. Wow. He went on wow. a real run, yeah. You know, I think somebody took a picture of the of the screen on my 
I might just post that I for, for positive. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yep. Uh, so what I did was I went with the lighter ball than all y'all. Yeah. I think all y'all are kind of meatheads. Y'all, y'all work out a lot. You lift <laughs> weights, that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And you want to sling around the 2XL ball. Mm-hmm. I went with the lighter ball. I've never bowled before. Our fingers don't fit in the lighter ball. I, I, uh, you got those dainty fingers. I knew you were going to say dainty. But this one has a bunch of bumps in it from that softball injury. Mm-hmm. You know? So I went with the lighter ball. I've never bowled before. All right. Now, now you're gonna say, "Hey, hey, Mike, you're a real charitable cat. Didn't you? Didn't didn't you have a a significant role in in a in a in a in a in a, in a uh, yeah, in you a, did in a nonprofit that centered around a, a bowling event annually? You did. Well, yeah, that's right. But at that event, I was glad handing. Don't strain your rotator cuff. You'll need that in the Keglers. I wasn't Pat rolling on the back. I wasn't rolling the ball down the alley. I was I was talking to the to the gracious donors. Yep. So I haven't bowled since uh, I was a preteen. Yep. At, at old, old yep. at oldest, yep. as people say. So it wasn't um, anything too spectacular. Well, it was spectacular. Damn it, it was it was spectacular. But I wasn't I wasn't overthinking it. I was trying to think the same thing. Well, here's what I said to myself mm-hmm. when I towed the line. I just said send it every time. I said send it. But I would just line up in the same place. I would keep my arms straight and I'd release it in the same place. Yeah. Some of you guys were trying different things every time you're up there. I don't know what you're doing. Um, I got some notes here. Tom, who rolled first, he rolls a strike in frame number one. And then he says, hey, y'all want to put any money on this? <laughs> and I'm like, nah, dog. You just rolled a strike. Mm-hmm. No, and, I said, to be fair to Tom, it was my idea to put money on it. Okay. Well, I heard it from Tom. Hey, 20 yeah, bucks, telephone. 20 bucks a person. And I was like, um, no, on the principle of you have already rolled a strike. <laughs> and I didn't have a lot of confidence about myself, Reed, but... If somebody else is already pitching a perfect game, I'm not going to just donate 20 bucks to the cause. So as I, I declined the invitation to gamble on the event, and then turns out I win the thing, lost out on 100 chickens. Yeah, you did. All y'all gave it to the second place cat. Yeah. Which, I don't know. You, you said no thanks. And you, you know? know what? That's fine, Reed, because more valuable than the 100 bucks was the confidence that that night gave me. It was 147, by the way. You said 146 on the yeah, show. Yeah, I fucked it up. Sorry. It was 147, and um, I just had a great time. And it's, it's an activity. We're in an, an activity group yeah. Yeah, um, that I won't soon forget. And, it, yeah. and, and, and probably it'll, it'll make me more inclined to do more activities. With us. With you guys yeah. as year goes Along. We Let's watched, do more bowling, man. Yeah. The the national championship game was up on the big screen yep. right above yep. the right yep. above the pins. Georgia won that game. That's right. Uh we were talking uh Chris did not wear shoes. Were you also in that uh were you in his company? Not I, wore, I wore shoes, but they were my own. And right. actually I, I Yeah, that's what he's saying. Well, I know. I, yeah, my bad. I uh <laughs> not your geez, bad. Reed. I um no, I, I didn't want to as Matt said, I don't want to wear shoes that have been worn by other people, that sort of thing. But Oh, that's what but, it was for you. I can't believe but, you listened to the pod. But I, it, it was a social. Okay. But a couple <laughs> people down, uh, there's a gal wearing uh, Crocs. So you and I were walking up to get balls and then talking about shoes. And I was like, that she's in Crocs. I don't think we need to wear the shoes. Yeah. We're fine. And then someone's like, oh, you're going to slip. So what I did was I went up to the, to the line 
and I did a little I did a little stutter step and I wasn't gonna slip. Didn't yeah. slip the whole time. So no, nah, I was wearing I was That's wearing good. I was wearing Nikes. That's good. Yeah. So that was the bowling. Who says we don't do bowling? Sorry. On the green light pod. How, How many w- points were you clear second place by? Uh uh eleven, I think. Let- that's pretty good. Yeah, That's yeah. solid. Yeah, thanks. Going to the final frame knowing it's a uh, a win, right? Well, no. No, because that final frame is weird. If you get a strike or a spare, you keep on going. That's right. That's right. So I didn't know how many times I was. I started off Three my times. first roll. Listen to this. My first roll, one pin. I knocked out one pin. I mean, what a redemption story. So you what were a, really like, man, smart for not taking that bet. What? Right? Yes, exactly. In that, in that moment. Exactly. And there were like six of us. I think I was in the four hole takes a while to get back to you once you're in the four hole. But man, I just, I stayed focused. Some other cats were drinking alcohol and doing drugs, not me. I was, I was there it is. I was locked in on that Georgia Dogs ball game that they, 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 they go on to win that game 65 to 7. The lighting was harsh in there. Oh my gosh. It was as bright as it is if in I'm here. If I'm in a bowling alley, I want it dimly lit yes. so I can be high in peace. It was I was, over, I was I was on the edge of paranoia, which is kind of where I like to be, but not not in a in a in a bright room full of strangers. Yes. It, it, it was so bright that it seemed as though somebody had messed up. Hey, speaking of nobody fucks with the Jesus, um, <laughs> there's going to be a Passion of the Christ remake. <laughs> yes, yeah, um, happy to see that. What would you name it? Well, it took a little while, in my opinion, to come out with the sequel. It's not really representative of the time that he was down there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? In yeah. there, right? They, they should have, yeah. Well, it was in, he in down. A cave? Yeah, it was down and in. Was he down and in or just in? I think he had to walk a Wasn't little bit uphill. Wasn't he just down for three days? Isn't it like... That's what I'm saying. You got to have the, se- the sequel loaded up. Oh, okay. Well, but wait. Maybe it's seven days to be, later. I don't mean to be. Yeah, but but it's been Mel Gibson didn't drop that heat last hey, year. It's been hey, two player, decades. I don't mean to be uh, offensive yeah. or an idiot, yeah. but he died on the cross. Yeah. Yeah. So he was up. Yep. And then they took him down. But into a cave, or was that Mary Magdalene? It's a tomb. No. Yeah. He went into the sealed sealed tomb, sealed cave. Yeah, it Big was a cave. Boulder. Yeah. Why didn't why didn't they just why didn't they Here's bury a question. Him? How didn't he just how did he how how did he move the boulder to get to get out? I think that was uh, G-O-D moved that boulder. No, I think that was Mary Magdalene. Well she she was like, I gotta go see she, him. I think something might have happened, right? And then, she was and, like, and then uh, she found the boulder moved. Mary Magdalene was she had to be built moving a boulder. Yeah. Yeah. The burial of Jesus refers Anyways, to the guys. entombment of the body of Jesus after crucifixion. <laughs> so we're right on all of this. Anyways. He was placed in a tomb by a counselor of the name Joseph. Uh, well, that's according to the Gospel of Mark. Ask Matthew. It might be a different thing. Matthew? <laughs> Ask Luke. It might be a different thing. So what are you naming it? What are you naming the sequel? The resurrection of Christ. The resurrection of Christ. That's good. Yep. Um, to passion, to Christist. Oh, that's good. Shea Serrano. That was a Shea Serrano tweet. Oh, good attribution but, by you. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Oh, hey. whoa, 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 oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Passion of the Christ is one. Yeah. Home Alone two. <laughs> he's in the he's in the cave alone. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. The tomb. Okay. Passion of the Christ one. Then. Home Alone. Yep. 
Die Hard. <laughs> Pretty good. Die Hard. Die Hard Five. <laughs> Pretty good. Or whatever it is. Passion of, a Cri- of the Christ with a Vengeance. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh, moving this fucking boulder. <laughs> Can't wait to tell him. First Blood. No. Maybe. No. Oh. No. Oh, you know the Godfather. Mm-hmm. The the Godson. Oh, he's a son of God. Good. That's good. It's, it's just a diehard, man. Yeah, I know. That's great. He's, he's the only... Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, oh, oh. How many, uh, how many disciples were there? I don't know. Nine? Well, Twelve? Twelve. That's perfect. Thirteen right. was the bad guy, right? Twelve, Twelve, Twelve angry men. Twelve. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Because they were all both. Some of them. Yeah, were but mad. only Judas, I guess. Judas was, was like. Yeah. Judas was 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 um was side eyeing. Judas was like one of these quarterbacks that gets benched, and then I, Zach Wilson. When everybody's like, oh, it's Mike White. Yeah. All right. So, uh, couldn't think of who to have on today. That's not fair. That's not fair because I was a part of this production meeting, and we just. No, we, we did yesterday. Yeah. We decided Howie Long. And we followed a path that led us to Howie Long. It wasn't a backup situation whatsoever. It was. That's right. This would be the best guy to have on the show. That's right. I'm eating peanuts. Into the playoffs. A legend, a Hall of Famer. Yep. We'll talk some playoffs. Mm-hmm. His playoff games. Mm-hmm. Howie Long, everybody. The best moments in a sports fan's life are in football season. I'm not talking about September. I'm not talking about the first week in October. I'm not even talking about the second week in October. I'm talking about when it gets colder, the temperature drops, the games get bigger, the hits get harder, and you can curl up and watch some meaningful football. I like to do it with a Miller Lite from the fridge and a cold frosty mug from the freezer. Frosty mug, meat, a cold, beautiful can of Miller Lite from my fridge. That's teamwork. We come together, we can make a great play out there, and the, and the best play to make on a Sunday is a nice cold Miller Lite and a frosty mug at home. That's my favorite thing. Maybe a fire in the fireplace. Yeah, now we're talking. But Miller Lite, it's an original, and it's more than that. It's been a fan favorite since 1975. The best part, no matter how your team plays, Miller Lite is always a winner. The perfect beer for Sundays, I gave you the the hot tip. Having that frosty mug is a lot like having home field advantage. I mean, like, it just makes everything better for your boy and your boy's friends who file in every Sunday to enjoy cold, ice cold Miller Lite uh, at, at, at my house. I mean, we have a lot of people over, and I got to have the Miller Lite stocked up. A lot of light beer cuts back on the most crucial ingredient, flavor. Just 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12-ounce serving. Miller Lite, quick on its feet, heavy hitting on flavor. No wonder it's been MVP from day one. This football season, enjoy the sweet taste of victory with Miller Lite, the original light beer. Find it pretty much anywhere beer is sold. Go to MillerLite.com greenlight for delivery options near you. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Cash App, the easy way to send, spend, save, and invest with friends. Cash App helps you connect effortlessly with your finances and with your people, and that's money. I love going on a float with my buddies and my custom Cash App card. We head out to the James River, we pick up some drinks, we pick up some snacks along the way, somebody pays with their custom Cash App card, and we all share our cash tags and split the bill. That is what friends are for. Cash App provides us with an 
easy way to send and spend money, save and invest in stock and Bitcoin. Cash App, however, does not provide a dry pair of pants. You want to remember that when you get off the river. Try the number one finance app in the App Store. Whether sending, spending, saving, investing, splitting, tipping, donating, or gifting, that's money, and that's Cash App. Download Cash App from the App Store or Google Play Store today to create your own cash tag. It's a nice set. See, I don't. I, I have kind of sparse decorations in the back because you let the the stonework a, speak. A lot of my me memorabilia was stolen by my son. <laughs> Dad, you want to open the pod and tell us about that? Since you really the memorabilia, Dad, what happened? Uh, well, I had my Super Bowl trophy, and you know, it was I, I bought you two Super Bowl trophies to commemorate your your victories. Yep. And uh, when I bought your two, I bought those a duplicate of those two for me mm. for my my library. Yeah. And uh, I came home off the road and the two Super Bowl duplicates of your Super Bowls were you've got two at home now and you have my two at uh, at your studio okay but it's kind of a that. code break That's interesting. it's kind of a code break to like you know like hey i go out and you know i didn't win them but i was on the teams and we got the super bowl trophy no no, no. when waylon and luke win their first super bowl or world series or you know uh spelling bee probably no no whatever whatever the biggest soccer gold whatever it's called the world cup world cup that and and you and you end up getting those trophies just to kind of look at and say god that was just an amazing time what a what a remarkable god i can't believe my son won two super bowls that's just amazing that's what that's about do you have one for yourself a duplicate no i have one i have one at the house yes we're gonna do a gofundme we're gonna start it right now it's a GoFundMe for we're gonna get, we're gonna get, get get him two Super Bowl trophies. But that's really sweet. That's a dad. I know. I kind of feel bad look, now. Yeah. You know, like we might I might return them. Hey, but, listen, I've got I've got cleats from the year that he won the MVP down at Cove Creek in the league. Thanks, Dad. Keep with, it coming. With mm -hmm. with all the numbers. That was the uh, that was the drop year. That was the year it dropped. He was thirteen. Yeah. And things just kind of. We figured it out. We figured, we figured it, out. it out. It helped that you had a guy run me until I cried, Dad. <laughs> that was hey. That was. <laughs> listen, you're a guy, and, and I always tell people this. You're a guy that uh, no matter how hard I worked you, you never. You never blinked. Yeah, Macon's the same way in here. You really didn't. Macon's the same uh, way in here. And I think that that moment was a turning moment for you. Yeah. You know, once you've been, once you've taken yourself physically and mentally to that line, that red line. Yes. You know, you know where you can go. Shout out to Ben D'Alessandro. Yeah, um, ben D'Alessandro. I'm yeah. going to sign a radon test kit and get it over to Howie so we can add to the memorabilia collection. <laughs> radon test bit. kit? Yeah. yeah, that's good. Which is deadly serious. It's an odorless gas yeah. that comes up from the ground. Big How, do you remember Chris, and he's told it so many times that I forget the details, was it hitting a home run but then missing home plate and being called out 
in Little oh, League? Oh, yeah, I do, I do remember. You know, it was one of those deals where, and and again, it was the 13-year-old year, and, you know, this was a 12-year-old year, and and I think, Chris, we it wasn't something that we talked about, but I'm sure he – he wanted to hit a home run. Hadn't hit a home run. Big, tall kid hadn't hit a home run. <laughs> hadn't hit a home run yet. And the irony of it is that next year down at Coe Creek, it was like the most ridiculous home run barrage you could possibly have to the point where the bases were loaded and they walked him. Mm, to yeah, walk how many people can say that? Run. Barry Lamar Bonds? Yeah, that's about Sea long right. And I did it clean. That's right. He lit it up. And I, I remember when they announced the MVP, there was also a guy, you know, it's interesting. People can just be kind of, you know, just bad people, you know, for whatever reason, they're out there, they're unhappy, whatever. Uh, he knows I'm standing like two feet from him. And he says, and the MVP of Coke Creek is Chris Long. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> that guy definitely you know, was filling what's out running, the scorecards and shit. What's running through my head at that point, because I'm I'm still wired a little tight, uh, is I'm in my head, I'm punching him in the face. But, <laughs> you know, you just can't do that at, <laughs> at a 13-year-old baseball league hey good job yeah good job and good job not doing anything to the guy that called me out at home base sir the question was about missing home plate yeah and and it was you know the euphoria the you know it really was and his teammates were thrilled to death for him and they crowded around the plate that's why i missed home plate and and somehow you know he was looking through the little legs and you you had to go out of your way to kind of and and I think he couched it as a life's lesson, you know. <laughs> it's good. Uh, Never forgotten it. Well, no, I mean, much of my success is due to Bruce Max. Said, Dad, did I miss home plate? You think? You know, I don't know. I was <laughs> I was so elated for you okay. that I really wasn't paying attention to touching home plate. Okay. Hey, hey, but, uh, I, I wanted Bruce Max. Uh, he was a stickler. He was a stickler. He was a tough. He was. Uh, he was a tough. Uh, Tough umpire. Dad, uh, the Skechers, man, did you see Nate's reaction when I opened the box of Skechers, the Pokemon Skechers that you had to go to, poke, to Skechers Asia to get? I sent I sent it to my my friend at Skechers who, who kind of sets everything up, Marcel. And uh, I said, these are, I want to qualify this. These are two grown men. Mm. Well, yeah, the 14s were a dead giveaway. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I don't get the it's the Pokemon stuff. I don't get it. But he just was blown away. I mean, just childlike. You Nate, know, yeah. Yeah. It was just, um, uh, you know, you see something like that, it just makes you smile. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, Nate loves Pokemon. Um, all right, I want to talk to you about a couple NFL deals before we dive back into your playoff history because you played in a lot of playoff games. We were looking at this. Holy Hellraisers. That was a lot. First things first, J.J. Watt retiring. How do you kind of sum up his career and what kind of player he was in context of you know the history of the game and all the great defensive linemen that played? J.J. was, I, I think, a unique player. In, in in his body type, he was he was big, he was long, he was he weighed enough to you know be able to go from a nine to a three 
uh, which he does now, or, or he did until he retired here at, at Arizona. Um, I think the thing that really stands out, it's like any player that you're going to categorize as a Hall of Fame player, an elite player, I think you have to you have to be the best on the planet at what you do at your position uh, for a period of time in your era. And that's all you can do is control your era. I mean, you know, we, we look at things like the guy that is Joe green was 275. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's cocked on, on the nose, whether it's the ball hand side or, or on, on the offhand side, uh, that guy weighs 330 now. Um, you know, the game has changed, it's bigger, it's stronger, it's faster. And he was kind of a, a glimpse into the future. And I think he was the best on the planet for a, a, a significant period of time there and never kind of cheated it. He always, you know, he always brought it and he was always prepared. Uh, he's a guy that uh, is a first ballot Hall of Famer. In my mind, you know that's a that's a kind of a a challenging process to go through the whole voting thing. But I, I think I can safely say he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Whose yeah. name uh, are you excited to see on the list of finalists this year? Jared Allen, Willie Anderson, Rondé Barber, yeah. Dwight Freeney, Devin Hester, Tory Holt, Andre Johnson, Albert Lewis, uh, Darrell Rivas. Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas, DeMarcus Ware, Reggie Wayne, Patrick Willis, and Darren Woodson. The thing that jumps out at you right away when you hear that list is that it's a really challenging process for the voters because you could make a case for each and every guy. Uh, You know, then I think things that factor in are, you know, and whether they should factor in or not, whether you play on a team that has a bunch of Hall of Famers. Do they do they kind of lean towards, you know, putting people in from a team that doesn't necessarily have a lot of Hall of Famers <clears throat> or, or the era that you played in? Like, for example, you look at Len Swan and John Stallworth. Terry would throw 22 balls in a Super Bowl. Right. Um, you know, the ball is being thrown around the yard – you know, we're doing it more and more. And it started when, you know, Kyle and really when Kyle and Howie were in high school where everything was spread, it's, you know, wristbands and, you know, it's three, four wide receivers. You're in sub packages all the time and you're throwing the ball more than ever. That inflates quarterbacks numbers, that inflates wide receivers numbers, uh, scoring, uh, it inflates all of that. So, you know, I'd like to think that if, John Stallworth and Len Swan played today, they'd have the same kind of monster numbers that the receivers today have. So, you know, Jared Allen, Sachs, and, you know, I, I, I such a unique player, size, length. He was kind of like, he played like Gumby. He was like Gumby. He got yeah. these, he contorted his body and pass rush into such awkward positions that would be a challenge for anyone else. You can make a case for everyone on that list, and, and there lies the challenge. Yeah. You were talking about when things change the spread and everything, and everybody was in sub-package. It, it, it's kind of rendered like your traditional off-the-ball linebacker kind of not extinct. There's a few Unless left. Unless you're in but, New England. Yeah, and that's what I think. The first guy I think about is Dante Hightower. 
you know, like Dante Hightower could have played in the in the '90s, in the early '90s, and he and he thrived uh, in this era. But there's so few defenses that accommodate a guy like that, um, and it becomes well, look, harder and harder. At, you look at New England now, yeah, and you know you can look at their backers and you can always kind of tell a, a Bill Belichick, you know, and it's, it, listen, uh, Sean Payton has a little bit of that to him with, you know, whatever the kind of prototype is, whether it's a quarterback, it's a tight end. Can the tight end block the D gap? You know, is he, is he a threat in, in the seam? The linebacker, can he do this and also do that? Uh, I look at those New England backers, and God, they got to weigh two. What? What is? What's the outside backer weigh? Two seventy. Oh yeah, and obviously, like, hey, you know, being an outside backer and being an edge rusher, they're they're kind of synonymous now. Uh, but you know, with with like Dante and some of these bigger guys, it's just harder to find the field. You know, and He's and a big man. Yeah, and and so, anyways, I sidebar. But you you mentioned Sean Payton. You got to work with him all year. I, I know that his name's swirling around. Uh, with some of these coaching vacancies. Number one, do you think he's serious about this? Number two, I mean, obviously, he's somewhat serious about it. Where would you see him fitting? And then number two, uh, how awesome was it to sit next to a guy who's got that offensive mind and kind of soak in some of the perspective that he brought to the table? It was a lot of fun, and Sean's a lot of fun, and he's an energetic guy who, you know, has a ton going on in that head. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned him as a, a kind of an offensive mind. He's a Bill Parcells disciple. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that kind of gives you a lot of kind of a clue of how he thinks, you know, don't draft a quarterback with anything but a 10 inch hand, you know, I want a B learner, not, you know, I can do deal with a B learner. I, B minus C, I, you know, I don't want to coach a player that I'm struggling every week to kind of get on the same page and in every conceivable situation. It it was fascinating to sit and talk with him every week in the avocado room, you know, between shows and in watching the games, just his whole philosophy and ways that he tried to find in new Orleans an edge. And, you know, it's, it it could be something as simple as whether it's sleep or travel or, you know, it it was always trying to find one more thing that would give us just a slight edge. I think wherever, if he decides to go, I think whatever team is fortunate enough to get him is, is a team that at some point in the near future is going to be uh, in the running for one playoffs and two, you know, a potential Super Bowl run. The 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 perfect place, and I'm not sure that it, it's going to open up. I mean, Brandon Staley is, I think, a really bright guy. He's he really kind of epitomizes today's coaches where, you know, it's the numbers, it's the, you know, I make a decision in this situation, how much of it do I lean on my, you know, where's the defense? Can we stop them? You know, are we tired? This, that, or the other thing, factoring that into a decision, you know, like last week, you know, with nothing to gain playing those players as far as he did, 
it, 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 it didn't, to me, it just didn't make sense. And particularly with Bosa and Williams, um, you've got a quarterback like that, who I think is, I believe is a generational talent. Uh, I, I think uh, to a certain extent, it was almost his stay at Oregon with the exception of the bowl game and the senior bowl and, you know, winning the MVP there where you kind of got to see what this guy could do. It was like Michael Jordan and Dean Smith down in North Carolina. How do you hold Michael Jordan under 20? Well, you, you play in Dean Smith's offense and you go four corners and <laughs> yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's uh, the equivalent I, of checking the ball down a million yeah, times. Yeah, this kid, Justin Herbert, is a generational player. And not that his windows, he's, he's a young guy and the window's open. And I hope it, it stays open for a long time because we've got some great young quarterbacks, but, you know. But it's the Joe rookie Willie, deal. Joe, Joe Willie Burrow and, you know, Patrick yeah. Mahomes does things that I I think we take, I think like we take LeBron for granted. I, I really believe this. He's so good. He could be the MVP every year. Mm -hmm. He does crazy stuff that you just take for granted because it's him. And if anyone else had done it and, and Burrow is one of those guys where I think this week he said, you know, I love this time of the year. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's the time when, you know, you, you win and winter you go home and I play my best football in these situations. You know I mean? He's, he's, he's confident, but you don't dislike him. It's not in an arrogant way. Yeah, He you. just believes in himself, which I think is really amazing. We've got some great young quarterbacks, but that, that job for the chargers I think he has to win. Uh, you know, I, I, I'd like to see him win a, a playoff game, and I'm not sure what the organization does. They're not a spendy organization. No. I think Sean is always intrigued by great ownership, great structure. Yep. Uh, you know, it, it has to be an organization that, you know, you build a culture in, you know, and the culture has to be winning and players have to want to come there and be there and stay there. Uh, I think he thinks that's important. I, you know, Denver is obviously from an ownership group, but, you know, there's a lot of things, the cap, the lack of draft picks is Russell Dunn is, is, you know, does he have more years? Can he get the best out of Russell? I think he can. Uh, Carolina is another place. Dallas is an interesting place, and I haven't talked to him about Dallas, but, you know, Dallas is a talented team, and Jerry's on the clock. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of Al, where, you know, Al Davis was, as the, you know, he got to his later years, the kind of passion to, to get it done now. Uh, and if Dallas you know, say were to stumble this week, I'm not sure what would happen down there. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Mike McCarthy, but I think, you know, Jerry's Jerry's on the clock, you know, in his mind and wants to win that fourth one under his banner. Uh, and, you know, he's had a, he's played a big role in developing that team and they have a lot of talent. Uh, does Sean want to go back there? Sean, Sean coach down there. Uh, you know, he knows what coach, I, I always say this, I think you could make the case that Dallas is maybe the most challenging place to coach and it might be the most pressure quarterback in the league. Yeah. And I think that's for a number of reasons. One, it's America's team. 
Well, you know, we look at 30 million people, you know, whether you think they're America's team or well, it not. It just depends like, on the week. Right? I don't know if you tune in on Mondays for our show, but we have a segment called America's Team. Only Kyle puts them in America's teams. Well, I'm saying from a broadcast standpoint. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, know, I know. In a big game, you could get 30, 35 million people watching down. Yes, yes. You know, the numbers are staggering. And and I think if you're playing quarterback down there, you're chasing ghosts. Yeah. You know, you're, you're chasing Roger Staubach. You're chasing Troy Aikman. You're chasing championships and a lot of pressure. But they haven't won one since, you know, I'm, I'm not sure the exact year, but it's been a long time. Do you think Sean McVay makes the jump to TV this year? I think I think uh, Sean McVay is one of the most fascinating people I've ever sat and talked with. I could talk with him for hours about football. He lives, eats, breathes, sleeps football. And, you know, players, schemes, you know, uh, history, games. He grew up in it, obviously, from a family standpoint. I think he he's so intense and he pours so much into it. I think he, you know, and this is just my gut on it, that I think if if he's thinking about moving on, it's once you've done it and it's you, you're chasing perfect, it's the holy grail. It's unattainable. And he's chasing that every day, not just every week or every year. And this has been a really, really, really challenging year for them. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's a little bit maybe burnt I out. I think he's burnt out. That's what I think. I think, you know, it's uh-huh. some people look at it like, oh, young coach, the whole thing, like how could he be burnt out? There's, it's a long road growing up in football like he did and then coaching as an assistant until you get that head coaching job. And, like, the emotional toll that even winning takes on an organization is uh, it's it's not insignificant. What were you going to say? And you and- – not just players, but the staff members he's lost. Yeah. He's lost players. He's lost staff members. It's been a challenge. Yeah, no question. You and I haven't talked about this, but I think it's interesting that the narrative is making a jump to TV, and maybe it's just because he's a really likable guy, yeah. and not tucking tail and not wanting to coach through a rebuild. Yeah, exactly. Because you look at a guy like Mike Tomlin who's been there forever and yes. never had a season under But they 500. also don't operate like L.A. has operated. Understood. They're far more conservative and they're a program building kind of program. And that's what they there's more continuity there. And so I think that the toll the level of expectation is high but the toll's probably you know. It's I, Hey, look if he does it, it's probably a great career move. No question. No question. Hey, listen, but to I'll dad, throw name, yeah. I'll throw a name at you. John Madden. John Madden wins that Super Bowl. And, um, you know, for a number of reasons, you, you know, it's one, it's again, he's a guy like McVay just poured his heart and soul into it. He won a hundred games in his first 10 years. Yeah. Uh, and, and you're, you're pounding on that door uh, of Pittsburgh to, to get to the game. Yep. You know, and you've got Houston too, you know, teams like that. There were teams that, you know, you think of and the Steelers dominated that era. And, you know, the immaculate reception kind of was was opening up the door for them for a, a kind of a, a dynasty. And I think we can all name 90 percent of the players on, on both sides of the ball that started for the Steelers mm-hmm. They're They will live on forever. And Franco, you know, God rest his soul was such a good man and such an ambassador for that team and league. And, you know, he was always 
a gentleman and, and was nice and kind to the bellman and as, as he was the president of a company. Uh, just a good man. Yeah, he was cool. I met him backstage at um, one of the, the NFL honors things, and he was so yeah. down to earth. It was crazy. Um, yeah. Okay, Derek Carr. Stick with the Oakland Raiders. You mentioned John Madden. The Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders uh, next year. The L.A. Raiders. Question, question mark at quarterback. Derek Carr pretty much saying goodbye. That era's over. How did you feel about how it all went down, how how the Raiders did it, and then also where do you think is a, is a good fit for him next year and, and who might fill that vacancy? <laughs> Well, I, I, how many quarterbacks have started this year, started games? I think it's like 66 or something. 66. I mean, wow. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, people are looking for quarterbacks. And, yeah. and there are teams like, you know, for example, the Jets or, um, you know, there's a number of teams. Seattle, I'm not sure what they're going to do. Uh, yeah. he's, he's in the final year of his contract there, and he's had a, he's had a nice year. I don't, I don't necessarily think Derek for me, and and I don't want to speak for Derek. New York is not, I don't think the market for Derek, you know, it, it could be somewhere else, maybe Carolina. Uh, there are other teams that are, are looking for a quarterback, but how it was handled. I still really don't know. You know, he, he leaves the building. Is he told to leave the building? Is it something that, he requested after being benched and being told that he's not going to play, you know, I, I know it was about $40 million and, you know, yeah. I, I think that's obvious to anyone. The question was that they not want him in the building, you know, in case he tripped and fell in the shower or, you know, he was on the elliptical machine and threw his back out and, yeah. you know, you're on, you're on the hook for $40 million. That being said, I never understood the contract he signed. Um, it was surprising to me for a guy that, you know, had been to a couple, three pro bowls and, you know, throw for that many yards and, you know, all the things that he had done and, and done in Oakland and, and in LA, I, I'm not in LA, Oakland and Las Vegas. Um, but the one thing that he did get was, you know, he has the right to approve any trade. Yeah. So he's working from a position of power. Uh, if they're going to keep, they're going to, I'm sure they're going to try to make a trade before that date. I think it's, it's three days. Yeah. After the yeah. It's in February. I think it's the 15th. Yeah. Is it 15th? Something like that. Uh, Definitely yeah, puts so, a lot of pressure on them. I, I don't know if it could have been, I, cause I really don't know exactly the way it was handled. Um, and you know, Sean Payton talks about culture and, you know, it being a, a an important component to a football team and an organization. And uh, I hope it was handled the right way and uh, like him, don't like him, whatever your, whatever side you sit on, he certainly, you know, deserves respect. Yeah. And, and, you know, the February date that you mentioned is significant for a number of reasons. One, if as the player, yeah, I'm in a position of power, but I feel pretty powerless come April if one of these teams that I've requested to be traded to and it goes through is like, hey, we're drafting a quarterback. You know, like, sorry, we didn't know he'd be here or, uh, you know, it was just something well, we, yeah, I, I'm sure they'd, get, have, they'd have to give up capital to get him. So, you know, he'd know, he'd know which teams are, are threats to move up. 
But stranger things have happened, and, and that's a well, weird situation being traded in February. I think they'd have to, one, they'd have to give up capital, and two, they'd have to sign him to a significant deal. Yeah. And what does a significant deal look like? I mean, is it 35 mil? Is it 40 mil? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know, but I would think that the deal would be a better deal than the one he signed, I think, a year and a half ago. Yeah. Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. I gave AG1 a try because I wanted to improve my gut health, boost my energy, enhance my immune system, and wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. All great athletes have one thing in common. They take care of their bodies. And now we podcasters at Greenlight are getting on the AG1 train. With every daily serving, I'm setting myself up for success with 75 high-quality ingredients that give me key daily nutrients and long-term gut health support. I get up every morning, the first thing I do is uh, I I mix in some AG1 with some water, that's all I need, tastes great. Uh, It definitely has improved my digestion, keeping me regular. Sorry if that's TMI, but I'm feeling good. I think it's helped my energy level. I think there's a, a ton of ways that AG1's helped me and I probably have no idea. That's the great thing about this. It's going to surprise you. Your life's going to get better in ways that you don't even realize. Ready to take on my day, ready to hit the record button on the podcast, ready to go. Also, the cost of AG1 is less than $3 a day. Pretty good if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit with the highest quality source ingredients. Win-win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash greenlight. That's athleticgreens.com slash greenlight. Check it out. If you're here in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet, I have great news for you. Sign up today to receive this special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $25, get $50 in free bets. WinBet is basically giving you free money. Don't turn that down. Don't pass that up. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan... 1-800-270-7117. 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Okay, we're going to play a game with you, Dad. You played in a lot of playoff games. We pulled some of them. Uh, Kingston, you want to run this this portion? Sure. Okay. Uh, we're basically going to give you a uh, the year and the opponent in the playoffs, and you try to guess what Las Vegas deemed the line. All right, Howie, so the 82 season, you guys played the Browns. You won 27-10. to 10, And Cleveland quarterback Paul McDonald had 281 yards. Do you think you were the favorites, and if so, by how much? Uh, 82 is an interesting year. I lived in a hotel in <laughs> Oakland. We moved to Los Angeles as a team, but practiced in Oakland. So every game as a side note, was a road game. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, and I lived with Lyle Alzado in a hotel, which was in and of itself a whole nother show. Um, 
But I would say we were favored probably by six. It's close. Eight and a half. Yeah. Close. Well, I close. should hope. could have opened it six. Browns got in there at four and five. They got in at four and five. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, it was a strike shortened year. Strike, strike shortened year. The Raiders were nine and zero oh against the spread as a road team. I was nearly, honest to God, I was nearly broke uh, because my check my rookie year is one thousand seven dollars after taxes. Yeah. So this is year two. Yeah. And I'm making forty eight grand. Yeah. And I'm, you know, at that point, I think I'm driving a used car and, uh, we, we, we go on strike and, you know, uh, the money dries up and, you know, you've got family members that need help and whatever. And, uh, I just remember it was a fascinating year on a lot of levels, you know, the strike living in a hotel, every game was on the road. That was a team that probably should have went to the Super Bowl and, and maybe won one. We ended up winning the next year. Skip ahead a couple years here. You went from one grand to forty-eight grand. No, I, my I was thirty-eight, forty-eight, fifty-eight, sixty-eight, seventy-eight, eighty-eight. Wow. Yeah. And my check after taxes was one thousand seven dollars. Uncle Sam. But if you adjust, if you adjust that for inflation. Okay, so I'm making ten grand over here. <laughs> well, check back in a day. Fast forward to what? Uh, 84 season, the Seahawks, which I think were your divisional rival at the time, were hosting you guys for the playoff game. Uh, lost, unfortunately, 13-7. to Gave up 126 <laughs> yards to Dave Dornick. Dave Dornick, who is, we gave up 100, 100 and what? 126 rushing yards. Jeez. 126 rushing yards to Dave Dornick, who is now a dentist. We gave up 126 <laughs> I'm yards. I'm assuming, is he a white dentist, Dad? To a freaking dentist. <laughs> Those trips, and you you never experienced this, and as loud as Seattle is now yeah. there, that kingdom. Our offensive line, we were good for five, six false starts, five fumbles. You know, it was just one of those kind of places where you could be down 13 points in the first three minutes. Yeah. Uh, I would say we were probably favored by three. Very close. Yeah, you guys were favored by a point and a half. Okay, which means they they didn't buy it. It was a pick them. And poor Dave Dornick's name is actually Dan. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Damn. But he is a dentist. And as I, I alluded him, I call him Dr. Dornick. I don't, yeah. I don't yeah. As I alluded to earlier, he is a Caucasian running back. Uh, okay. Go ahead to 1990. Let me take this one. 1990, you're playing the Bengals. Oh, no, no, no. I won 85 because I got a question about this game. Raiders, Pats. Um, you lost 27-20 the pads. You know what question's coming. Uh, you had a fumble recovery, and uh, Matt, Mell- Matt Milling connected on a right cross. What happened? Well, what happened was I'm, I'm from Boston, and yeah. uh, the I think it was the Boston Globe had written a, a story about, you know, how the Patriots never really – you know, took the time to take a hard look at local guys like Freddie Schmerlis or, you know, myself and, and, uh, you know, said I was happy playing where I was and probably something sarcastic as a 24, 25 year old. 
and I'm, we're playing the game. And again, that was another team that should have went, you know, we, that was a game we lost and, you know, we ended up turning, I think we turned the ball over at the end of the game. And, but anyway, there's this guy walking up and down the sidelines and he looked like he was drunk or something. And he's yelling at me the whole game. And, you know, normal size guy, don't know who he is, have no clue. And after the game, you know, and I always wore my helmet until I got to the locker room. It was just one of those Earl Leggett isms, you know, and Matt Millen usually, and Matt Millen and I usually walked off the field together. Randall Cobb and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> well, not like that. <laughs> you know, I, that was a, uh, that, this was a different kind of thing. We yeah, were, I got it. If something goes down and things occasionally did go down. Yes. Um, I've got my helmet on. I'm walking towards the tunnel at the Coliseum. That's a long tunnel. It's a long walk up the yeah, tunnel. Actually, it is, yeah. And I see this guy out of the corner of my eye because, you know, I, I've got the perifs going. I'm My head's on a swivel. And uh, I see this guy coming towards me. Now I'm thinking to myself, now this drunk's coming over to me. I'm, I've had that situation twice at the Coliseum. Once was with you. <clears throat> and the other was this time. I wasn't the drunk You were the guy. drunk, no, yeah. And this guy comes up and he said, Howie, Howie. And I'm, I'm blowing him off. He said you don't know who I am. And I said, no, I don't. And he said something like I own the team. And then it dawned on me, you know, who he was. And I, and I, I'm paraphrasing, but I think I said something like, well, correct me if I'm wrong, unless your dad died last night, you don't own blank. <laughs> mm -hmm. And he starts to reach. I don't know whether he's coming to shake my hand or he's reached for me. Matt doesn't know any of this. And Matt sees him reaching for me. And allegedly, uh, Matt clubs him in the head with his helmet and there's blood everywhere. Um, literally. And it turns out this guy is, you know, the pseudo owner. <laughs> you had owner's blood on you. How many people can yeah. say that right. in the history of, of literally man. allegedly? Oh, yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> you know, well, that's a, that's, a, that's a Charlestown thing, allegedly. It's like the Avatar serum they were bottling up, owner's blood. That's incredible. You know, so when you think about it, you know, here's Mac, you know, allegedly clubbing him in the head, and, you know, it's a big deal. I mean, you just clubbed an owner in the head. Yeah. And there's no charges. There's no – it's not – if we had done that today, we, we would be – I don't know whether it's canceled or yeah, you'd be uh, incarcerated. Incarcerated, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it can't it, not necessarily canceled and incarcerated. Well, the no, violent, you, the, people have hit. Have they, plenty of guys have hit other people with helmets, but you can bet an owner's son would be pressing them charges. Well, with yeah. the helmet, yeah. It's a, it's and you know the, funny, the the really the the kind of full circle part of the story is. You know, they they went on to sell the team and, you know, his business ended up being all the satellite trucks that you see at stadiums. Oh, and I've good. seen him through the years and we've said hello. You know, well, I, I, you I didn't hold him. no grudge or ill will towards him. And, you know, I'm not sure he's probably thinking in his head, boy, I wish I was 260. And <laughs> All right. So what was the line in that game? Uh, we were probably favored by six. There you go. You almost hit, you almost hit the, 
nail right on the head there. Uh, mm -hmm. Five and a half. All right, so uh, let's go 91 Chiefs, Raiders. Uh, this went 10-6 Chiefs. Steve DeBerg doing just enough I'm, to win. I'm in a lot. I, it seems like I'm in a lot of those 10-6 games. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> um, Let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, that was at, that was, was that at the Coliseum or was that in yeah, Kansas City? Uh, no, it was in, in Kansas, Kansas City. City. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Probably that cold. was Marty Ball. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to run it 40 times and we talk about the difference in eras. We're going to run the ball 40 times and, and, you know, we're going to keep your offense off the field and you're, you're going to make mistakes. And I think it was one of those games. So what do you think the line was? I'm going to say Chiefs by three. Again, pretty close. It was Chiefs by five. Chiefs by five. What do you think the line was in 1991? I don't know that we have this line, actually, but more, more just talk to me about the 1991 game, it goes 51-3. I'm sorry I'm even bringing it up, Buffalo. Oh, no. You got a Super Bowl, so, like, you know. But one of the all-time greatest teams that never won a Super Bowl, what was the scouting report on these guys, and, like, what was it like playing them? That was the game I fractured my hand. Yeah, I remember this. Played Cincinnati and beat Cincinnati at the Coliseum. And we went from 85 degrees to minus 23. And Bo also injured his hip in that game. Mm. Oh, uh, the hip injury? Yep. Damn. And I remember my hand was broken in, I think, six places in my from the thumb down to the wrist. And I had a hard cast on that night. And your mom and I were out in the garage at four in the morning with a not that I knew anything about, you know, Handy was not my middle name around the house. <laughs> but the only saw we had was my hand had blown up so much that it was, you know, turning purple from being swollen and the cast not allowing, you know, the extra room. So we're in the garage at four in the morning trying to cut it off. And we end up going up to Buffalo and everything that could go wrong went wrong and you know, it was one of those games where you know you don't get I didn't get taken out of the game I mean it was we didn't rotate and I'm playing with that shattered hand in a cast that's like this big and that flight home I remember was uh we had to make an emergency landing in Cleveland we oh. dumped fuel over the lake worst flight, worst flight. <laughs> yeah uh, they well. weren't sure if the landing gear was frozen up or frozen down. That's the definition of worst flight. Yeah. And, you know, I I'm saying to myself, I I'm going to die landing in Cleveland. In Cleveland. Uh, you know, not where I pictured. Uh, and I tried to remember when they had phones. They used to have phones on the plane that you could put a credit card in. Mm -hmm. And make a call. I made a call and mom was shopping, so I didn't get to say my goodbyes. <laughs> but what, into, what, what time was right that? Into, I went right into surgery the next day. Yeah. And Dr. Lane in Beverly Hills reconstructed my hand and uh still works. Yeah, it was, it was listen, that Buffalo team was great. Um they were great in a different place at a different time. I think we played them the next year in LA. Um, 
I'm not sure if we played them the next year or, or you played them in '93. '93. Uh, yep, yep. The Bills yeah. were favored by seven. Bills won by six. Played them in the regular yeah, season the next year, lost in overtime. That that was kind of you know what the game should have looked like, but it was one of those games where it was that old artificial turf. Yeah, and and it was kind of a, a it had a, a a a dome to it in the center. Um, and going down the side, some of that turf was, they just knew where all the spots were and our corners were slipping. And, uh, it was, it was just one of those days and they had a great team. They really did. You think about the great players on that team, Chris, still friends with Jim Kelly, although he tells, you know, his stories become kind of, uh, I'm not sure if, you know, we're, we're the, the real the real and the made up kind of yeah the lore yeah your dad's middle name is not handy but it is moses and what he was trying to do with your mom in the garage at 4 a.m was was to part the the cast cast to relieve the the pressure so what do you what do you want to know about his middle name because it feels like a segue no (laughs) no no it's not it's just a it's just a really good play on on words by me hey big how happy birthday man how's uh how's 63 it's, you know, actually, I'm shocked. Uh, I'm good. I'm I'm good and thankful to be here. Uh, getting to see all these grandkids grow up and uh, the they they just it's a joy. It's a pleasure. It's it's a treat. I got mailbag for the big guy. Uh, we're gonna rapid fire through these so he can get on with his day. But um, Adam Lefko asks, what would it take for you to grow out your hair for one season? Like one year, and what would it do? What would it do? What would? Oh, my hair goes like uh, it's like it's like Danny Terrio from Saturday Night Fever. It just yeah, you know, it it goes up and out, and uh, my head looks like uh, looks like the blimp. It's that mm-hmm. big. It's big enough as it is. So not gonna happen. Uh, it's wavy and long. Will you ever grow a beard? Interesting. Uh, I grew a beard for, I think, 3,000 miles to Graceland. Which is a great segue into the next uh, mailbag question. Do you have any Kevin Costner stories from 3,000 miles to Graceland? He was, I tell you what, he was great. You know, Kurt Russell and Kevin Costner are, you know, I think they're both athletes and, and they, they kind of have that mentality. Um, he was very supportive and, and giving, and, you know, he, he was able to, uh, kind of guide me through some things that I had to do in the movie and, uh, was very supportive. Good guy, really good guy. Who supported you as you carried out the uh, the game plan on the deleted scene in uh, that thing you do that we've been talking about on the uh, on the show a lot where the people the burning question is are, are were you Tom Hanks's boyfriend in the movie or were y'all just buddies? I think that was the the kind of insinuation you know and I think because it was a Disney movie where where I'm in the director's cut but I'm not in I wasn't in the the release because you know Disney and even though there there wasn't anything in the movie that would tangibly tell you, you you kind of got the impression that uh, I was his boyfriend. 
Yeah, that shit that shit's come up on the pot. Y'all do look similar when he has when he's got when he's got long hair. The lettuce grown out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pulled up a really old picture of you probably a year out of two years out of Charlestown, Howie Long. Um all right, the next one, speaking of just leaving Charlestown, is do you remember working at the door at Peabody Bar in Havertown, PA? You know, I, I'm not sure that I did work there. I worked at Kelly's Bar. Kelly's Bar. They probably had it mixed up. And what was I, your job I, at Kelly's Bar at Villanova? What do you think my job was? Beating people up. <laughs> no, no, no. You didn't, <laughs> it was a Villanova bar. No, yeah, it yeah. was a Villanova bar. You were collecting... Uh, covered and your mom still to this day we were we were actually we went to dinner last night with mike grozier and and a, another alumni from villanova last night and we were talking about kelly's because the guy who mike had with him had worked there and it was the old kelly's and it was dirty and grungy and you know it was a kind of a real character kind of bar and I worked the door, and and I never let your mom in. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, good. Yeah, I said, look, I, I would worry about what's at the door. I don't worry about you in the bar. Yeah, that's 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 a sharp play there, uh, Dad. Um, this is from me. What's the coolest you've ever been? Mm. Time and a place, and why? Ooh. Peak cool Howie. When was peak cool Howie? You don't no, like to toot your own horn, so just you could take a break yeah, from your humility. No, I, I don't. I don't know if it was cool, but you know, I, I went through college and and lived lived at Villanova for four years. You know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, spring break, summer school, never went home, um, and you know, wasn't thinking NFL. And, you know, your mom and I were both surprised. I mean, the Raiders picked me in the second round. I'm like, wow. Um, the coolest was probably, you know, you get your first paycheck. I, I, I never had a driver's license in college. Never had a, a checking account. Didn't have any money. I had my meal card and, uh, you know, what little I could cobble together through working at Kelly's or whatever. Uh, but you know, buying that used Coupe de Ville in Tucson, Arizona, and driving to Oakland uh, was was a really cool kind of moment. Uh, it, you know, I I I don't I wasn't sure if I had arrived, but I'm in the NFL. I've got 38 grand in my pocket. Uh, my signing bonus was I think 80, and they gave me 40 and deferred the rest. Uh, but I was on top of the world. Uh, what color was the, the car? It was a used Coupe de Ville, powder gray, spoke wheels, velour interior, and it had an eight-track cassette deck, the old big eight-track cassette deck. So so what was playing? Because we were just, me and Kyle were just on the pod talking about this. When we were in the Suburban, it was shot A, and when we were in the boat, it was Tunnel of Love. What was playing in 1982? Oh, probably, Zepp probably Zeppelin. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, anything from that era. Pink Floyd uh, could have been something like that. You know, low riding in Oakland. Yeah. Over you know, yeah. to the right. Yeah. <laughs> You're leaning. You know, and, and the irony of it is when we first got to LA in 82, 
we had an apartment that was literally on the runway at LAX. And that that DC-10 or whatever it was would fly in at 10 o'clock at night and the the, the building would actually shake. <laughs> and mom was heading to law school. And, uh, and when I was in training camp, training camp at that time was like, I think it was like five, six weeks long and two days and all that. And, you know, you're just keeping your head above water. And mom calls me crying from a payphone in Playa del Rey. Well, if you went down the road to the beach in Playa del Rey, if you go left, you head towards Manhattan Beach, that's good. If you head right, that was kind of the rougher beach. And the used Coupe de Ville got stolen and your mom was stranded in the street. Oh, shit. And had nowhere to go. Oh, no. So that was the end of the Coupe de Ville. Damn, I didn't know it got lifted. Oh. Damn. Yeah. All right, here's yeah. another one from me. How did you guys used to find out who was winning around the league, like playoff time, if you were in a tight race? Um, you know, because you didn't have the internet and freaking, you know, TVs to turn on and to see the games on TV. Like, how did you find out about scores on the plane after a game? Um, I, you know, I, I'm not sure that we did. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure, you know, there were, you think about it, there's no real cell phones at that time to any great extent. I think maybe someone had a briefcase that had a cell phone in it. That's so cool. You know, Bring the those highest back. guy on the team had one. Um, Wait, that was a thing? Well, early on, it was, you know, I think it was in the eight, mid-80s, you know, 83, 84, 85, that yeah. kind of time, right around when you were born. And there was a, there was literally a, it came in a case. And, you know, the, the signal was shoddy at best. But, you know, we had AP, UPI, the three networks that, you know, you know, ABC, CBS, and NBC, and uh, I'm not sure if ESPN, it, it was doing like, if if it was around at that point in the early 80s, it was doing tractor pulls and, mm-hmm. you know, duck hunting and, you know, something like that. Uh, didn't have any big contracts. So communication was definitely limited. Uh, <clears throat> but, you know, we didn't know any better at that time. Now you want everything everywhere and what's that movie everything everywhere all at once or yeah. oh yeah the one that yeah i tried to watch it it was crazy yeah i heard it was crazy but we didn't have that we it's like in college we had a pay phone in the hallway yeah and it was, i think it was a quarter i've got one good break down the film on kyle long as studio analyst does he have the goods is he gonna unseat the old man <laughs> i you know i was you know you kind of think you think you guys are going to be good at doing it. You know, uh, you guys have great personalities. You're smart. Um, but you don't know until you see it. And I, I wasn't sure in that kind of a, an arena. Uh, I think he, he just blew me away. I was yeah, like, he's oh freaking good. It's like, Kyle, if, if you work hard and take this seriously, you could do this forever. Yeah. Hey, listen, when I, when I got into it, you know, this is our 29th season. Uh, I had no way of knowing or thinking that it would be 29 years. And I think Kyle, if he takes care of himself and I always said, if you take care of yourself physically and uh, you do your job and do your work. And I think 
You know, I, I think being on your show with you, um, it, it's it starts his week off, and you know, it he he wants to look at things that he probably wouldn't have looked at right a year ago. He wants to look at game film. He wants to look at the, you know the the games and stay on top of everything and not just be a soundbite. Yeah, yeah, and that's hard to do. I mean, it really is around the clock. And uh, I think he's great at it, man. I think he, uh, he could do this for a long time, as you put it. Um, was there you ever... Two guys, you two guys are both great. Well, uh, I, like to, be, I like to be or right here. Carson... I like to be right here, Dad. Were you referring to me, Howie? Yeah. Or, or just... Is Matt in the room? No. Oh, that's funny. No. That's funny. Was there ever a time in your career where you were really fucking down about football? You know, in your pro career where you were like, hey... I can't take this shit anymore. Maybe or fifty-one to three with a shattered hand. Yeah, <laughs> landing gears. Frozen. But he, but at that point, he's a great player. He's he's no, that, he's, that wasn't that wasn't it. Um, I could always kind of compartmentalize. You know, I, I I moved on from the bad, but I never forgot it. Right. Um, and I used it as my whole thing was: I'm going to go to work and I'm going to do everything. 10 times harder. I'm going to do 20 times more reps. I'm going to stay after practice. I'm going to be before practice. I'm going to watch more film. And in those days I was taking home uh, a reel to reel projector and taping a sheet on the wall and poor mom. I mean, I'm doing the cutups of film and, you know, now everything's on an iPad and you have, you know, cut-ups and breakdowns of inside runs, third down, short yardage, goal line, you know, offense coming out, two-minute drill. Um, low moment for me at the end, towards the end when, you know, you get to surgery eight and, you know, the realization that what I have to do to try to be, I, I, you know, I always kind of said, if I'm, I, I couldn't be average. I didn't want to be average. I didn't want to be a good player. I want to be a great player. And, you know, going out at the pro bowl, my last year, uh, I was beat up and, you know, was shot up a number of times that year and, you know, ended up being a shoulder that, you know, needed to re be replaced. I remember I went to university of Virginia, 20 years ago. And they told me, yeah, this needs to be replaced. And I kind of put it off and put it off, put it off. And it changed my life getting it replaced. And, you know, the pain you're in all the time and trying to be great and anything short of that to me, and not just on Sunday, but I needed to be great in those days on Wednesday and Thursday, because Wednesday and Thursday practice was practice, you know, live inside run, pass rush, goal line, short yardage, the whole thing. And you had to be great all the time. And I wasn't sure where we were going as a team. Uh, and, you know, I, Chris was eight when I retired, uh, Kyle was four and how he was three. And, you know, as, as I've said to Chris and Chris is so much more present at home with Waylon and Luke. I mean, I, I'm listening to him trying to get them in the shower and, you know, taking the time to listen to Waylon, who's, you know, dad, 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 you know, and, and mm. you've got to take the time to listen to him and it's important. And I was there, but 
in in a way I wasn't. I was present, but I wasn't because you know I played 13 years and never had a dollar guaranteed, and you know the the weight of that on your shoulders to take care of your family is is really an enormous weight to carry. Uh, and I didn't know where we were going. We, we sold our house in California. We packed it up. We moved to Charlottesville, Virginia and a house that was vacant, I think for eight, nine years and was shot. And, uh, we had one bathroom that worked and we didn't have a kitchen and it was an adventure and it was the, the best move we've, we've ever made. And, uh, I'd like to think I was far more present post football than than during football. No question, but it's also really hard to be present during football. I mean, like I wasn't living check to check, or you know, I I, I had more of a safety net than you, based upon kind of the but way. You got to be great, but you want to be as good as you can be. You know, yeah. and I think that's the thing that takes you away from. And it sounds fucked up to say, but it does take you away from you know what's going on at home. Yep. You know, and probably one of the reasons why I waited to have kids because I just know hearing you talk about it, you know, it's just yeah. it's it's tough to be present when you're not in the building. It's hard to be present in the off season. You know, like yeah. July comes around and you watch it for years, like you and me, I'd be, we'd be in Montana or whatever, and you know, like dark cloud over your head, like yeah. mid mid June. It's just it's all right. Everybody else is having a great time. Just enjoy and your no, day. I can't. <laughs> and no one, you really can't understand that unless you've been there. You really can't because you put so much pressure on yourself to be the best version of you you can be. <clears throat> you know, forget about the money. I, I talk about the money and, and not being guaranteed. It was never about money. No, you want to be great. It was about, it was about respect. Yeah. And it was about wanting to be the best I could be. Uh, and, you know, and I, I was in an organization where, you know, everywhere you look was greatness around you. Ron Wolf, Al Davis, Freddie Bolitnikoff, Art Shell, Gene Upshaw, Ted Hendricks, Jim Otto is in the building. You know, it's like on and on and on. And these are guys that are, their expectation is that you're, you're the next guy to carry the torch and you've got to be that guy. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't regret leaving when I did, you know, there were, uh, obviously Mr. Davis felt I, I retired prematurely and wanted me to play more. And, uh, as it turns out, you know, you get the job at Fox. I had the ability to coach little league baseball for eight years, coach football for, I think eight, nine years. And, John Blake was kind enough to have me uh, over during the week. And, hey, he got you know, the job at Fork Union to be the athletic director. Did you hear about that? Yeah, he texted us. He's, right. I'm happy for him. John, John, uh, you know, and that's what a coach, you, you think about people that have had impacts in your life. <clears throat> and John is someone that, you know, impacted me and, and also had a great impact on, on all three of our boys. That's great. Closing the show out with a shout out to John Blake. Congratulations yeah. on uh, on moving yeah, over, uh, over as the AD at Fork Union Military Academy. The uh, the alma mater, I guess you would say that of Eddie George uh, and many others that a you bunch, probably a heard. A bunch of. of players. Yeah, yeah. Marcus Hagan. Macon probably, yeah. probably knows yeah. more of them. 
Yeah. So, anyways, Dad, thanks for the time. Uh, enjoy Super Wild Card Weekend. Oh, we can't let you leave without a Super Bowl prediction. Boy, oh boy, I I thought <clears throat> I thought it was you know in and I think the recent kind of injuries and some of the kind of struggle, <clears throat> you know, and I was talking to Joe McCoy and Kathy back in Philly. It it really puts it into perspective how magical and unique that run you guys made was. And I remember that NFC championship game. And I remember, you know, being stuck and not being able to drive to the hotel and walking 10 blocks through what looked <laughs> like, what looked like the purge in Philly. And, you know, it was such a magical time getting there, you know, and it's what makes our game unique, you know, hockey, basketball, baseball, it's best of five, best of seven. It's one game. It's one week. If you're off one day and, you know, I thought it was going to be Philly and it, you know, I, hopefully it still can be in, in Jalen's health. You really tell people why you really wanted to be Philly. Uh, to get home for two weeks to see the grandkids. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's been a long, it's been a long season and I'm watching these kids kind of grow before our eyes and, you know, your mom and I are sad. Yeah. But, you know, for Philly, it's, it's tough to get there and I'd like to see them get there. And I think San Francisco is probably, I look at San Francisco, they get Mitchell back they get Debo back, you know, Purdy has been a revelation. And I think they knew kind of what they had early in camp and the defense plays, they play at a, a speed and intensity that I think is hard to sustain over the course of the season. They had the stumble versus you know, Kansas City and, you know, that game was a, a, a butt kicking. And, you know, the great thing I like about them is they they own it. Uh, they 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 move on and they went on another run. And the Raider game kind of woke them up a little bit again. Uh, I, I think San, if I had to pick, I think San Francisco's probably if you're if you're being honest. If you're being honest, they're playing the best right now and they're one of they're the best. They're playing the best right now. And that's two teams and I, in the listen, NFC. I, I'm partial because. Kyle played there, uh, and I like Andy Reid, and I think Patrick Mahomes is amazing. Uh, if they can get to that championship game, and you know, and I, I, I if it's Buffalo, I think they play in a, a neutral site. Uh, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But I think I would say Kansas City and, and San Francisco in a rematch. Oh, right on, right. Uh -huh. All right. Well, that's a good what call. Do what do you think, Chris? Well, I I kind of feel the same way about Philly and San Francisco as you do. Um, yeah. And I would say out of the AFC, like the ba the Bengals. Yep. Yeah. I, 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 I really like the Bengals, man. I just like how complete they are. I just I just love it, and especially on defense, like it's not a bunch of superstars. They're ball aware. They're fucking. They they get after the run game. Like the guys in the back. Ooh, and Arumo. Yeah, the guys in the back end. They fly downhill. DJ Reader's awesome. The whole thing. And yeah, how can you not love Joe Burrow? Who's playing? Who? The playoffs to me is about high pressure situations, big conversions. You know who's going to make the play at the sticks. They got those guys, man, and they got the quarterback. Uh, and they just got there last year. They know how to do it. They know how to do it. And last year they got hot. They stayed hot. So I don't know. Well, but here, here's here's the issue: the right guard, the right tackle go down. Kappa nah. could be back, but Kappa hasn't played that well this year. The the right tackle, the right tackle is a concern for me. 
Yeah. It's a concern. Not because he's been great in pass pro or anything, but just because it's a damn tackle. Defensive player of the year. I got Bosa. I got Bosa. And I got Chris Jones, number two. Mm, all vibes. That's interesting. I go Miles Garrett, number two. Nobody watches, but the guy's like, you know. You know that's I, true. You know, it's he, if he was on a good team this year, he's probably. He's a guy you take for granted. You take him for granted. No question. Yeah. All right. And yeah. I, so there's a lot. I, I, this is a great time of the year. It's yeah, fun. I'm psyched. I'm psyched, Dad. I'll see you soon, buddy. Love you. Love you, man. Okay. Did you hey, get that, Macon? Love you. Love you, Hal. Hey. <laughs> no, no. Hey. No, no, no. I love you. you. See? No, I love you. No, no, no. He's going to make it awkward, Dad, if you don't. No, we, he and I love each other. That's we, good. Hey, we're, 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 he, we're he like called, day six guys. He called Marcus Allen from the Rolodex when we were younger. He snuck into your office and... And found Marcus Allen's number. Marcus Allen's number in the Rolodex and called him. Just wanted to. Marcus said, "Anytime you want him on." Okay, good. We, Perfect. That's good. <laughs> we can. How about during the playoffs? Perfect. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, I tell you what, that guy right there, tough, tough, tough. Maybe the most complete player I ever played with. Oh wow! Wow. I mean, there wasn't anything he could do. You remember he played high school quarterback. You look at his his passing attempts and you know some of the throws he made amazing great chip blocker great blitz pickup guy and and he was bo jackson's fullback in that legendary run at the kingdom oh wow yeah that's true People don't even notice that that's true who the fullback is yeah wow do it all yeah. i'll leave you with that okay ma'am i love you thanks love we you. love you okay see you see you buddy 